What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Track Talk Podcast. We are your hosts, Emma and Hannah, and this will actually be us welcoming you back for the second time this week. This is an entirely IndyCar episode. It's an In Case You Missed Indie segment expanded. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be about the uh, Portland race and then pretty much everything else. Whatever we don't cover this episode, we'll cover next episode. So this week and next week, um, just because the indie season is almost done, but that doesn't mean that there's nothing to talk about. Like, I mean, still... we have a winner, but there's still yeah. like, like third place has to be decided. Mm-hmm. Like there's still lots to talk about here. Yeah. So Alex Pillow is officially the 2023 IndyCar champion. And this is the second IndyCar champion title. I think he won it two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is actually the first time and I think either 16 or 17 years where the f- championship is not decided at the final race. I saw that stat. That's crazy. I know. So the way that indie points work is that everyone gets points mm-hmm. pretty much. And so it keeps the competition going up until the very end. They don't want the championship to be, to be decided before the last race. Mm-hmm. Of course, mm-hmm. that wasn't the case this year. Alex Blow has dominated this season. We've seen other winners. It's not like F1 where Max mm-hmm. or Checo, but mostly Max just wins. Like there's been a really good diverse group of winners. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Alex Blow is 2023 champion. Congratulations, Alex Pillow. From- Did you see... The man Chip Ganassi's statement after the after the race win about him being signed to Chip Ganassi for twenty twenty four. So, yeah, I guess usually Chip Ganassi will release the driver lineup after the season, mm-hmm. but you know because of all the hype right now, um, yeah, he confirmed that Alex Blow will be with them for another year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, we've yet to hear anything from Alex himself. You mm-hmm. know, we we've heard lots before. You know mm-hmm. that he's going to go to McLaren, then he's going to go to Aaron McLaren. So it's it's almost like I don't want to believe it. And I mean, it came from from Chip, Chip himself. Like yeah. I think it would be a little weird if, if he didn't. If yeah, I don't. If he said that without actually knowing. You're right, but we also saw this in F1 when Alpine announced that Oscar Piastri was joining them without actually knowing. It's true. But so, you'd think that if something wasn't in the works, or if Alex knew for sure he wasn't going to be with them next year, that he would have already put out a statement. Like Oscar did, yeah. being like, this is not That's true. That's true. He hasn't confirmed or denied anything, but if it wasn't true, I would assume he would be quick to deny it yes, to not exactly. close off other opportunities. Exactly. And a couple episodes so. ago, we did talk about the potential of Alex Pillow's future. So if he stays with Chip Ganassi for next year, then there might be an F1 seat available for him the year after, just based on when F1 mm-hmm. contracts are up. Because um, he, he kind of has... Um, seemingly made that known that that's his goal to get to F1. So taking a longer contract with Aero McLaren, which was rumored, would have kind of uh, gone against that next step for him, which would have been F1. So I guess we shall see. We shall see. Yeah, we really don't know. So speaking of driver lineups, there's still a lot of open seats left at Indy for 2024. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this is one of the years where like this is like the most number of seats they've had open. But Alex Pillow is being confirmed for Chip Ganassi. Uh, Linus Lundqvist has also been confirmed for Chip Ganassi. Apparently he signed a multi-year deal. Mm. I don't like when they do that. I wish they could just tell us how long the deal is. Do you know what I mean? It makes me mad. It's I just want to know. Weird because in lots of sports, you know exactly how long a deal is. Mm-hmm. But in motorsports, well, I'm sure they... some teams keep quite hush-hush. Yeah. I'm sure the drivers and teams know, obviously. Oh, yeah. But like, how come we don't know? Yeah, no. But I'm just saying, like, in, in the media and other sports, it's very public when a contract is up usually so 
Um, very interesting that motorsports, they kind of keep mm-hmm. it more on the down low. We talked about a couple episodes ago on the F1 edition of Track Talk, um, but we also know that Marcus Erickson will not be with Chip Ganassi Racing next season. Do you know that Marcus Erickson had to pay for his seat, essentially, at Chip Ganassi? So the difference with F1 and Indy, this isn't the case for all the teams and all drivers, mm-hmm. but some drivers in Indy need to bring their own sponsors and their own backing to have a seat. So interesting you say this because Husky Chocolate is a Swedish brand. That's his and, sponsor. And he is a Swedish driver. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't actually getting paid or he wasn't getting paid like a full-time driver would at a top team. And so that was a huge thing about his contract being resigned. It was like, well, I want to be paid as a top driver, as a top team. And he wasn't getting that. So when that statement came out, I was kind of wondering what that meant. Like a few weeks ago, Marcus Erickson did go into the media and say, I want to be paid as a top driver. And I didn't know whether that was him kind of getting a big head and being like, I'm one of the top drivers in Indy. Compensate me more. I'm understanding it more now. It's He's basically saying, I shouldn't have to bring my own sponsors to this car. I I fully agree. And that's where the whole livery thing comes into Indy. And we can kind of just get into that really quickly because I know a lot of our traditional F1 listeners are making the transition to Indy this season, um, but there's still lots to learn. So something yes. that we learned earlier this year, um, shout out to Paddock Pundits. They were the ones who kind of explained this to us. Um, the livery situation is very different and it's um, caused for a lot of confusion for fans that are uh, traditional F1 um, making the switch switch over to Indy. So do you want to just really quickly explain the liveries? So the individual liveries are based off of sponsorships Mm -hmm. um, and full season sponsorships are often very expensive. And so they'll sell packages for specific races, which is why you'll see one-off liveries for some races that might mean something more to the team Mm -hmm. or, you know, so it's, it's the sponsorship, these brands that are paying for not team sponsorship, but um, the car itself, mm-hmm. you'll see, you'll hear commentators refer to like the number two car sporting this livery, number 20, oh no, 28 is a bad example. 28 is Roman Grosjean and mm-hmm. DHL has been a longtime sponsor of that car. So you will rarely see that being switched out. Mm-hmm. The, in F1, the teams, the, the constructors, like they're, I don't know if sponsors right word, but like it's their team. They're going to have their logo. They're going to have their branding. They're going to have their colors. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, Mercedes, they they have that sleek silver star. Like mm-hmm. they go with the silver and black. Ferrari, it's red. Mm-hmm. They have the yellow, the prancing horse. That's, that's the livery that they're going to stick to. Mm-hmm. They'll make changes, but it's always going to be based off the brand itself. Yeah. Whereas or the Indy, team name because Haas yeah. is not a brand, but it'll always have the name. The Haas car will always have the name Haas on the side. Yeah. Well, and then when they had that um, Russian sponsor, yeah. their colors were blue, red, and white. Mm-hmm. Now they're with MoneyGram, and it's just now back to red and black yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. So it's based off of the team, the main sponsor sort of thing. Yeah. Whereas Indy, the teams itself are not usually car brands. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so you have. Uh, RLL, Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan. David Letterman's a t- TV show host. Like yeah. he's not a car brand, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's, the colors don't mean anything to the teams itself. Yeah. It's just the sponsorships. Yeah. And I mean, we, we are fully aware that F1 cars also have sponsorships on them. It's just, um, they're more so on the halo or in mm-hmm. smaller, um, type area than being the, the side of the car. Yeah. So that's the kind of, it's just, it's a sponsorship difference with deliveries. Yeah. Yeah. Every weekend, though, before an Indy car race, Indy will always release a spotter guide, which is really helpful. Mm-hmm. I learned this when I went to Toronto. They usually release it a few days before the race because sometimes liveries aren't announced mm-hmm. until like 
a few days before, um, but it's on the IndyCar website. You go to the race, you click spotter guide, and you can see in order which drivers, which cars, what they look like, who, which team they're part of. And so it's really nice to kind of have that out, not study it, but just like kind of know, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. they change. All well, the time. that and it, we've referred to Joseph Newgarden's car a lot on, on our podcast. And Emma has always said the number two car. Mm-hmm. So um, that's also something to, to keep in mind when we're talking about IndyCars. We're not talking about like the number of like the number two in IndyCar. We're talking about like that car is number two. <laughs> Which is interesting. I don't know how that really works. I haven't looked into that. Maybe next week I will, but I don't know why, how those numbers are decided. Like McLaren well, cars are just five, a... six, seven. Oh, okay. So I was going to say, is it just like a, a personal preference? Because that's what it is in F1. Charles has always raced as, as 16 and Max raced as 33. And then when he won, he changed number one. So, um. See, I don't know because okay. Penske has cars two, three, and 12. Right. And um, Andretti Autosport, I think Colton Hurt is 26. Um, Roman Grosjean is 28. Mm-hmm. Like they have, I don't know. I don't know how that works out. Maybe I'll look into it for next week. But It also could just be just convenient. the numbering system. Yeah. Like it literally could just be that simple. Um, Those are the liveries. Yeah. We had a few questions sent in just about indie in general. Maybe you could try to answer some of them. Hannah, yeah. where do you watch IndyCar? So, as Canadians. Yes, as a Canadian, if I'm home and I can watch it live. I'll watch it on TSN or on TSN Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one kind of on the go app that'll work for me. But if you're American, it is NBC broadcasted. So that's Peacock, NBC. Yeah. That's yeah, the streaming site that they use. I really wish we had answers for our, our international listeners. Yeah, Someone me too. I think from Sweden or Finland reached out asking, and I was like, I have literally no idea. I know. It was hard enough as Canadians to try and find a place yeah. to watch it. And I think, no, I know IndyCar knows this, that yeah. knows that it is very difficult to watch. And with the, the rise in social media mm-hmm. and seeing especially this year seeing how content creators are getting more involved in motorsport, mm-hmm. F1 indie, that their fans are more universal mm-hmm. um, because we have listeners from all over the world. Mm-hmm. We're talking about indie and, you know, we're sitting here talking about indie. And so it's going to suck if some of our listeners can't go and watch yeah. indie. Yeah. And so I think IndyCar realizes this. Yeah. And I think they are kind of looking into a platform, but it's hard also because they have that deal with NBC. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's a whole process. And so I don't expect anything to change anytime soon, mm-hmm. but I, I know that they are wanting it to be more accessible to international viewers. Mm -hmm. For those of you who can't watch a race live and don't have a streaming platform to watch it on, if you ever are interested in after the race watching extended highlights or highlights in general, they do have an NBC Motorsports YouTube channel that does really great extended highlights. After I watch the race, when I have to prep for an episode, I often go back and just re-remind myself what exactly the important things were that happened during that race. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a really great option too if you are are interested in just kind of an introduction to the sport. What is, as a new fan of indie, because we just got into it this year, what's your biggest takeaway watching it? Do you want to know? Yeah. I said this before. It's the radio messages. Oh. The F1 radio messages are so hard to understand. IndyCar is clear as day. Interesting. They, I find their radio messages so much easier to hear. Mm. Um, and then deliveries would have been my second biggest thing to learn because, I, and also how the teams work. Mm-hmm. It's not a team of two necessarily. There can be a single yeah. car. There can be a team of three. There can be two drivers per one car. There can be two drivers per one car. I think it's just the dynamic that goes into that. Um, with that, 
part-time drivers. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just use Marcus Erickson or nope. Marcus Armstrong as an example for this season. Marcus Armstrong came from the Formula Series, uh, which does not race on ovals. And he came and made the transition to IndyCar. And I don't know if it was him that made the call or if it was the team that made the call, but Marcus was not comfortable or the team wasn't comfortable having him race uh, during their oval races. So he does street circuits specifically and Takuma Sato comes comes along and takes over uh, Marcus Armstrong's car for the oval races until next season, where I believe he will take over for the ovals. Not confirmed yet. Not confirmed. He wants to race full time. Not confirmed. Okay. Yeah, so we don't see that often with IndyCar, but there will be part-time drivers. There will be full-time drivers. And then towards the end of the season, like we're seeing now, you'll see drivers you've literally never seen before. Yes, yeah. So this is... I didn't know this was a thing, but I guess in a lot of driver contracts, especially for rookies, for maybe they're kind of new to Indy, if they're not performing, the team will just cut them loose. And then they'll have other drivers come in and test them during actual races and see maybe he'll, maybe we'll get this driver in for 2024. Mm-hmm. So we saw it with RLL. They released Jack Harvey from the number 30 car. Connor Daly replaced him for one of the races. Connor Daly was also let go from his team earlier on in the season. Mm-hmm. So he re- drove one race and then Yuri Vips has replaced, or Yuri Vips is now the driver for the number 30 car for this last race. And then... Uh, Laguna coming up. Mm-hmm. If you're wondering where you've heard that name before, because that's exactly how I felt when I saw Yuri Vips's name. I'm like, I know this, but where mm-hmm. do I know this from? Um, I think that we would be wrong to not mention his past. Yuri Vips was a Red Bull driver academy. Um, so last season he was racing in F2. Um, and there was a situation where Liam Lawson went on Instagram live and in the back of the live Yuri Vips. I don't know if he knew he was on camera. Not that it matters. I mean, it was a. Tw- I think it was a Twitch stream or like a YouTube okay. stream. And so Liam Lawson and there was a few other drivers was on the stream. And so I don't even think that Yuri Vips was on camera, but his mm, audio his audio could yeah. be heard. Yeah. And he said a racial slur, rightfully so. Red Bull Racing dropped him, mm-hmm. and they had stripped the, his F two car of the Red Bull livery. Mm-hmm. So you'll notice. I know we're jumping all over the place in F two. There's also a bunch of liveries. If a driver is part of a junior uh, program, an academy program, they can have their team's colors as their livery. And so following that incident, Red Bull Racing had stripped that livery from him and dropped him from the Red Bull Racing program. Mm -hmm. And he hasn't been racing since. He hasn't done anything since last year. Yeah, that was about a year ago now. And it was just announced last week that he was going to be racing for RLL for the remainder of this season in IndyCar. Um, his future in IndyCar is, we don't know. We don't know. He he could impress and get a seat next year or, or not. We're not sure. But when I'm, I'm going to just pull up an article that I read earlier this week from motorsports.com where the team owner of RLL, one of them, Bobby Rahal gave a quote that said that Yuri Vips paid a huge price in losing his shot at Formula One with Red Bull. So I, he kind of, obviously there was going to be questions about why they chose him to take over the car. And I guess that's Bobby Rahal's answer is just that he's already lost his chance at F1 potentially. And they're wanting to give him a second shot in IndyCar, I suppose. We don't condone the actions of Yuri Vips at all. What um, RLL Racing does is that's on them. I know that 
he's been through inclusivity, equity, diversity training. Okay. I would hope that RLL continues to work with him so that Yuri Vips can grow as a person before he grows as a driver. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. No, I totally get that. And, but yeah. because he is racing for this race and last race, you know, we can't just not talk about it, especially because a lot of our listeners are from the formula side and do know what happened and they mm-hmm. do know that name. Mm-hmm. Another driver with RLL, Christian Lungard. So Christian Lungard also has a bit of a connection to the formula series. So a lot of these drivers do. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize that until I got more into Indy, but a lot of these drivers started with karting on the European side, mm-hmm. um, F3 or the GP3 series sort mm-hmm. of thing. F2 for a lot of them mm-hmm. and then made the switch to indie. Yeah. And like we've talked often about um, up and coming drivers wanting more of a challenge. And if they've gone through the formula series and there's no F1 seat available to them, if that's their uh, end goal, a lot of them will move over to indie. There's also X uh, F1 drivers that'll make the transition to indie. So there's lots of connections, but Christian Lungard, mm-hmm. you can. So he on. raced in F3 in 2019, had two years in F2. He raced alongside driver like i this blows my mind he raced alongside drivers like shogun you mick mm. schumacher mm. oscar piastri marcus armstrong felipe drugovich mm. like names that we know mm-hmm. and we it, talked about this last episode how they're so limited f1 seats that yeah. these drivers they're doing what they can in f2 in the yeah. f series and they're like no i can do so much better and be a better driver mm-hmm. if i make the jump to indy mm-hmm. and so that's essentially what christian lungard did mm-hmm. he had a pretty good uh like run yeah. in the formula series yeah. but made the jump to indy um, he was actually part of the the Renault Sports Academy before mm-hmm. it rebranded to the Alpine one. Yeah. He was there with Zhou Guanyu. Zhou Guanyu shows up, his name shows up in a lot of these driver connections. Like, it's wild. You know, yeah. you, don't, you don't think of these connections, but they're there. He made the switch to Indy before the 2022 season, and he's been with uh, Indy, like, at Indy since. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he's confirmed for 2024. I don't think, no, I'm, no. I'm, like, 98% sure he is. Do you know? No. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> No, the the indie um, driver lineup for next year is just so gray that I actually can't keep up. With I can't keep next, up next season and who doesn't. So and there also isn't the media coverage in indie that there is in F one where every day there was an account that tweeted out the F one driver lineup for mm-hmm. next year and was like, this is who has a seat. This is what seat is still open. And as that changed, they kept filling it in. I, I can't find. I that love with if someone could find me. Someone who does that with IndyCar because, uh, yeah, we're stuck. I can't keep up. I don't know. <laughs> Another driver with connection to the Formula Series is Marcus Armstrong. We all know Marcus Armstrong. Um, oh, I guess if you do an Indie Wag segment, you could talk about Lissy. I know. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, Indie Wag segment is on is in the works. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so I work Armstrong. Raced in F2 for three years before making the jump to IndyCar. And I think he did some testing with Dale Coyne Racing first before he was signed with Chip Ganassi. I could be wrong, but I think that's what happened. So he he did some testing towards the end of like, or maybe like right after the F2 season, mm-hmm. just because I think he kind of knew that was his best option mm-hmm. as opposed to waiting Praying for an F1 yeah, seat. Yeah. Callum Eilat is another one. Hannah loves Callum Eilat. I love Eilat. Callum Eilat. Yeah. yeah. He's had connections to, well, he, he raced in F3 and F2. Mm-hmm. And he had connections with Alfa Romeo. I believe he he might still be their reserve driver. He so, was their re- reserve driver last year. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He, he, he was there at the Miami Grand Prix in yeah. 2022. He was the reserve driver. He raced in F2 under Vir- Virtuosi Racing. I'm going to apologize if I butcher any names, but if you're like, oh, that 
that team sounds familiar is because um, there's been drivers like Felipe Drukovic, Zhou Guan Yu, who's raced there, Jack Duhan, Jack Duhan? Mm-hmm. Jack. He's Australian, isn't yeah. he? He currently races under that team, mm-hmm. all part of the Alpine driver academy program. So there's these connections here and you hear these names and then all of a sudden these drivers make the switch to Indy to better their careers, mm-hmm. I want to say, because there's more opportunities in Indy. You know, these teams at Indy, they're not limited to just like two seats you, or two drivers. You know, you have these part-time drivers that come in. You have teams with up to like four cars. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Callum, Callum Eilat, another driver with Connections Formula, um, also the driver that I embarrassed myself in front of, but we're not going to talk about that. This The picture has still never seen the light of day. She won't even let me see it. Nope. It's a live photo, so, like, it's just really embarrassing. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> what else we got? Our resident Canadian. Our resident Canadian. So, Dev has raced on the European side of things, too, from karting to... He he wasn't in the F2 series, but he did, like, uh, like European Formula series. So, he knew a lot of these guys before... A lot of the indie drivers as well before making the switch to indie. He raced in F3 with Trident Racing. And if you're like, oh, that name sounds familiar, uh, Clem, like Clement Novalak races with Trident in the F2 series. So, um, you know, we're slowly pulling out things that we want you guys to have, be able to like have these connections that you can make to kind of make the jump easier. Mm-hmm. So we're throwing out a lot of names here, but hopefully some of them stick. Yeah. <laughs> when he made the jump to IndyCar racing under Andretti and the con- his contract expires at the end of this year. As of right now, we don't know if he is staying at Andretti. Ooh. Andretti has confirmed that Roman Grosjean is not keeping his seat. Yeah. So as of right now, the line- lineup is just Marcus Erickson, Colton Herta, and Kyle Kirkwood. The Dreddy boys. The Dreddy boys. Yeah. Yeah. So we would love to see Dev join that boy band. Yeah. We want him to keep his spot at Andretti, but we don't know. Yeah. And we might not know for a few more weeks. Yeah. But yeah, he's our resident Canadian. We love him. Well, you just mentioned Roman Grosjean too, so mm-hmm. that that's a name that our, our F1 listeners will definitely remember. Um, raced for Haas for a while. He famously had a tragic ending to his F1 career, mm-hmm. um, and that was one of the craziest crashes I've ever, probably the craziest crash I've ever seen in Formula One, and it was when his car completely um, broke in half and caught on fire. And for about two minutes, Roman Grosjean was stuck in his cockpit. Um, was he, it two minutes? I believe it was, it was almost that I thought, amount of time. I thought DTS made it seem like it was two minutes, but in reality, it was like under 40 seconds. Okay, well, if... He was trapped in fire in his car. He was trapped in his car. I think for far longer than anyone should be on fire. Now, yes, the suits true. are fire retardant, so that probably saved his life. He still had um, a bit of a hand injury coming out of that, mm-hmm. um, but that was his. They knew that after that season, um, he wasn't going to be racing with Haas anymore. Anyways, that was the famous <laughs> K. Meg and Roman Fox Smash scene yep. with Gunter. Um, so. Yeah, we knew he wasn't racing with them after that season, but they did. It was a very tragic ending, and I'm glad he's okay. And um, yeah, it's. He raced. I mean, I don't know what he's gonna do now because yeah. he's got one more race left with Andretti. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. NASCAR. I imagine. Well, I was thinking that. Yeah. I was like, is he gonna go to NASCAR? Now, I imagine it's quite difficult, um, even after a tragic incident like that, where you probably are quite scarred um I imagine it's still difficult to remove yourself from the world of racing because that's all you know and a lot Mm -hmm. of these drivers that's why they come 
that's why a lot of them will retire and then come out of retirement because it's like tracing, chasing that adrenaline high that you can't really get on the daily like you would mm-hmm. when you're in an F1 or an IndyCar. So, yeah, I wonder what Roman Roman will do next year. I really do hope for the best for him because he seems like such a sweet man. Right? He is very nice. I, I did you meet him in Toronto? Yeah, I want. He was like kind of speed walking because I think he had to go somewhere, and I was like, "Oh, Roman, can I get a photo?" And he was like, "I'm so sorry, I have to go." And I was like, "Totally fine, go." But then afterwards, when I I ran into him again, I he was like, "Oh, do you want that photo now?" Oh, like, he had you. remembered who I was, and I was like, that is really sweet. That's so, so cute. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. That was great. Should I talk about Marcus Erickson? You can't. Oh, I totally forgot to add Marcus Erickson to that list. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, I mean, probably not the, the last one on the list, but the last one that we'll talk about now is Marcus Erickson. If you watched Drive to Survive at all or watched F1 in circa 2018, you would remember Marcus Erickson as racing for Sauber, formerly Sauber, now Alfa Romeo, alongside Charles Leclerc. They yeah. were teammates at oh, Sauber. Insane. I don't actually know how long Marcus uh, raced in F1 for, but it was after the 2018 season that he lost his seat and made the transition over to Indy. And now he's still at Indy. And, and he's thriving. He's yeah. won the Indy 500. Yes. He was yeah. very close to winning the Indy 500 again this he year. He was. So I don't think he's going to be leaving Indy anytime soon. He is an incredible driver. Yeah. Um, and he knows he's incredible, which is why he wants to get paid for what he does. Yeah. As yeah. he should be. So fair. So, uh, yeah, Marcus Erickson. Um, there's definitely other drivers on the grid that have connections to the Formula Series, European-sided racing. We don't want that connection to Formula One to, like, be the main part of their career. Like they are IndyCar drivers. They deserve the recognition and the credit they get right now for what they're doing. But because we know our listeners are more on the Formula Series Mm -hmm. side, we want to have these connections for you to fall Mm -hmm. back to, Mm -hmm. to be like, oh, I do remember that guy. Or I did watch F2. I remember this driver. Um, And I think that if you take a step back, you realize that there's so much connection and there's so much like crossover. And we didn't realize it until we really got into Indy this year. Yeah. 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 Again, like, I think what you're what you're saying is just like it, it's so much easier to root for a driver when you have some idea of who they are. Mm-hmm. So like this year, watching the Indy 500 for the first time, I was like, oh, I want Callum to win. Like I love Callum. I think and I think Marcus Erickson's awesome. I want both of those mm-hmm. drivers to do so well because I knew them from the Formula Series. Now that helped me get into Indy, and now I have my favorite Indy drivers, and it's different. Who's your favorite um, Indy drivers? Well, I... Who is your favorite indie drivers? <laughs> I have a few, but I, I root hard for Dove. Yeah. Um, being Canadian, being Katie's boyfriend. I feel like... This is so funny. I feel like I know him. <laughs> Did you feel that way? Yeah. But I, I, we've never spoken to him. No. I think I said hi to him. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I just talked to Katie when I was in Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get that. I think... I mean, I always watch Katie's lives when she's on TikTok. Yeah, yeah. So... And she'll always talk about Dev. So I yeah. feel like I know him. I know. Through Katie. Yeah. And we, I, I've never even met Katie. You met Katie, but... But we know Katie. Yeah. <laughs> Dev, yeah. We're, as Canadians, we will be rooting for Dev. Yes. We also root heavily for David Malukas because he is our resident Gen Z social media user, as well as being an IndyCar driver. <laughs> so yesterday at the race, he had an incredible race. I mean, the race itself was chaotic from the get-go, but he was, in, he was insane. And he had podiumed the race before. Yeah. He's an he's an incredible driver. Yeah. He's not a rookie. I think maybe it's a second or third year. Anyway, he had such an incredible finish yesterday. He was the biggest mover, which they give out yes. awards for. Yes. And I forgot about that because I remember seeing Marcus Armstrong get an award for biggest mover early on in the season. And I was like, what the hell yeah, is this? Yeah, I guess for trophy? our F1 
friends, uh, biggest mover could be compared to driver of the day. It's like who from where you started moved up the most. Yeah. Um, so he had started from... 23rd. 23rd, finished 8th. He was he almost finished 9th, and then Colton Herta had a steering issue, completely lost it, and, like, dropped him down. Um, that's another thing we want to get into. Maybe next week we'll talk about major differences in the car. But anyway, uh, yeah, David Lucas finished 8th, and he posted on his story. I just, I don't even know if it was a video of him or a photo, but it said never give up, right? Yeah. yeah, it said never give up. And you know, if you're on TikTok, you're on social media, you see that trend where it's like, never back down, never yeah. what? Yeah. You have to finish it. Oh no, it's okay. You and David finish it. That's your thing now. <laughs> anyway, so I messaged, <laughs> I said that to, I sent that to David Lucas. I was like, never back down, never what? And he responded back saying never, never give, give up. Never give up, yeah. So props to David Lucas. Also the video when he when the, that Indy took of him with the biggest mover, yeah. um, like the trophy, the trophy, um, he made me giggle because he said, I've never got a trophy for finishing eighth before. And I kind of just had to laugh. <laughs> he's because, so funny. Yeah. He's so funny. He's, he's very, he's Gen Z is what he is. And a lot of the drivers on the grid are not. And so I don't think his humor is sometimes uh, perceived the way it should be. Mm-hmm. I know when he did an interview with Paddock Pundits. I don't know if you saw it. I did, yeah. But he had said something about messing around with, like, the Penske boys, Scott McLaughlin, like, specifically. And it was a joke what he said, but it was... But IndyCar itself kind of took that joke and made it a bigger... D- anyway, it was a joke, is what it is. It's his Gen Z humor. You gotta take it as it is. It's, I know. It's so funny because, like, we get it. We get it. I was like, <laughs> this is funny. <laughs> Anyway, um, hopefully we have the the pleasure of interviewing him one day because I feel yeah. like it wouldn't be an interview as much as it would be a conversation, uh, chaotic conversation. Yeah, David Malukas, if you listen to this, please come on our show. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think as well, a lot of our listeners too have kind of seen the similarities between him and Oscar, Oscar, also, or Lando, and Lando as well. Yeah. Also being very young, very Gen Z, having that humor that unless you kind of grow up in that generation you might not get it as much yeah but yeah David Lucas he's he's up there for us we're rooting for him yeah I feel like we can't do an indie episode without talking about Pato okay so I was gonna say in our formula connections mm-hmm. we didn't we left Pato out yes. but he I haven't done a deep dive on Pato's racing career yet yeah. as of right now I know he's McLaren's reserve driver like F1 McLaren's reserve driver yeah. yeah but I had a conversation with someone the other day about how the spotlight was made for Pato Paddle loves the spotlight. spotlight. He is. He loves like the spotlight. He loves seemingly loves the attention from gals. I he's he so knows, funny. He knows that like people love him, mm-hmm. and I think he does an incredible job at making IndyCar more popular. Yeah, because he's the star right now. So we compared him to Charles Leclerc yeah. on one of one of our episodes way back and I still think that's accurate. At first I was like, oh, I don't know. And now I think it is simply because of the spotlight thing. So this week um there was a video of him and he's in I think it was a driver. Do they do a driver parade before? Mm-hmm. Okay, so and, he was, and he was winking and that is Charles is like famous for his winks. His winks. I know. <laughs> I like a lot of their mannerisms are so similar. Yeah. How they interact with the crowd, how they interact with other drivers. Yeah. I would say Pato is more on social media, interacting with in the comments and stuff yeah. compared to Charles. Mm-hmm. But the spotlight loves them. Mm-hmm. People flock to them. Yeah. Yeah. If you go to an IndyCar race, there are more 
Pato era McLaren fans than anyone else. Mm-hmm. And it's because Pato has created such just a presence a brand, a yeah. presence yeah. in IndyCar. And it's incredible for the sport itself. Yeah. But it's I mean, he's also an incredible driver. Yeah. We're not going to discredit him as a driver. Like he is incredible. He's still chasing a win for this year. Yeah. But he's podiumed a handful of times. Like we're not going to deny that. Like he's 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 good. Like yeah. we know he's good. Yeah. But there's just something about him as a person. Yeah. Well, yeah. we've talked about it before so many times. It's so much easier to root for for a driver mm-hmm. you like because of the person they are. Yeah. So like we've talked about how we don't feel like Lance does a very good job of that because he's not on social media. So it's hard to like Lance mm-hmm. unless you're Emma. Um, if you don't see a different a side, different side drives, right yeah. all you see is lance the driver you don't really see lance the person yeah. with pato you see pato the person and pato the driver mm-hmm. um i think a great example was a couple or actually it was just last week there was a, another video that that surfaced of pato well emma has one of her own let's just <laughs> at the heart insert <laughs> the heart. um yeah emma gave him a heart at indycar to close with her and he did it um but another video that came in last week was a couple girls, I don't know if they were getting a picture or an autograph from Pato, but as they're walking away, he calls out to one of them and he was like, I see you blushing. And I was like, this man's. (laughs) I would be like, don't blow up my spot like that. Thank you. He knows what he's doing. (laughs) He knows what he's doing. He lives for the spotlight. Yeah. Um, His sister as well. Yes. Amazing. She's, she, she's a book. She's a book coming out. I don't think I told you this. No. She's got like a, um, I follow her. How did I miss this? I mean, she just announced it. Okay. But she's got a book coming out, um, health, fitness, lifestyle sort of books. I'm so excited to get that mm-hmm. and read it because okay. she also has a huge social media presence mm-hmm. and she's Pato's biggest fan. Mm-hmm. Also very kind. I think that just everything that they put out there is so inviting and they welcome the fans. Mm-hmm. Like they love the fans, you know? Yeah. And you don't, you don't see that very, you don't see that all the time mm-hmm. with drivers, especially like big name drivers, mm-hmm. like at, um... In Toronto, Marcus Erickson, he would hop on his scooter and he would go. Mm-hmm. Like, he wouldn't... Yeah, he did say that. Like, not saying that he thinks he's too good for the fans, but Pato would stop. He'd be on a scooter as well, but he'd stop. Mm-hmm. And he would try to interact with as many fans as possible. Mm-hmm. And I think that he's just very appreciative of how yeah. he's... he's Where he's come from to where he's, he is now. Yeah. And he hasn't forgotten everyone along the way. Yeah. So... Yeah. For Pato. Again, Pato... Love him. The, come on our show. Pato, if you're listening to this, come on our show. <laughs> we will give you the spotlight for the full hour. Talk about whatever you want. <laughs> At the end of the day, I think we would take any IndyCar driver because yeah. we are just so mm-hmm. um, enthralled by what product they can put out in terms of racing and just the intricacies of IndyCar themselves. Like, Emma got a firsthand experience at that in Toronto. And if you haven't listened to her Toronto Indy recap, um, I would say hop over there now because she got the experience of a lifetime being able to hold Joseph Newgarden's steering wheel uh, to meet all these drivers. And there's just with IndyCar so much more of um, a relationship to the the sport itself than you feel with Formula One. Formula One sometimes feels a little unattainable Mm -hmm. because you know the money that it costs to attend a race to... Uh, and even when you attend a race, a grandstand seat doesn't grant you access to anything other than a grandstand seat. So um, with Indy, the paddock is so much more accessible. Meeting these drivers within the paddock is is something that's very common. And I think that that's just something that is so cool for Formula One fans who or 
fans that started as Formula One fans to see that because it's mm-hmm. like just so much more accessible. And yeah, I feel like you just have more of a relationship to the sport. 100%. Yeah. Um, another reason why you should be watching Indy is the race itself is is so exciting. It's insane. For the first three laps watching yesterday, there was already a caution out. Caution is similar to a yellow flag. Yeah. And we're going to talk more about these differences and similarities next week. Mm-hmm. But it's exciting from lap one to, to the final lap. Mm-hmm. And we've said this before in the races that we've talked about. Like, there's always something that happens. You don't know the lineup. You don't know the order. Mm-hmm. Joseph Newgarden, he had started, I think, 12th or 13th in the race because of an issue at qualifying. And then... He was trying to avoid a collision during the race and he ended up dropping really far back, mm-hmm. still finished fifth for the race. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. these drivers can work their way up and they're all on different strategies. So you know mm-hmm. how yesterday I was saying how um, Lewis was complaining about Monza, how everyone is on the one pit yeah, strategy, yeah, yeah. how there's always a DRS train. For Indy, everyone is on their own strategy. Yeah. You don't know what's going on. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's it keeps it more exciting. Yeah. Um, we knew, I don't want to say we knew, we we all had a very good idea that Alex Blow was going to win the championship this race because all he had to do was get on the podium yeah and he would have won the championship just based off the points but he won scott dixon um has also claimed second place in the standings as well also part of chip ganassi Mm -hmm. it was a mclaren driver felix uh rosenquist Mm -hmm. um also on the podium yeah but there's still very much a battle for third Mm -hmm. for fourth there's a battle right now i don't want to say battle's a very harsh word but there is you know we want to see which team penske driver is going to end up on top scott Mm -hmm. mclaughlin and Joseph Newgarden are very close in the points. Mm-hmm. Like, there's still a lot that can happen in these last, in this last oh, race. Oh, yeah, it's far and from over here. <laughs> I think everyone as well is is waiting to see if Pato is finally going to win a race. Like, he's been on the podium so much, but he yeah. has yet to get that race win this year. Um, I think that can be sort of related to Lando fans. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that Lando can get these podiums, but everyone's also waiting for his race for win. For his first race so, win, yeah, exactly. you know, it's so exciting. You don't know what's going on, and... Yeah, there's one more race left in Laguna. Also, realized I said Laguna wrong, but Hannah didn't correct me when I said it. But I didn't really know what she was talking about. Their last race is in Laguna Seca. Yeah. I said Laguana. And the reason I know I wouldn't have said that, and if I knew that's what you were talking about, I would have caught on, is because I watched Laguna Beach growing up. Like, the real OC, that was my show, so. I... (laughs) As someone who has no connection to Laguna, to Laguna Beach, the OC, nothing, I saw that word and was like, man, this word looks a lot like iguana. <laughs> That's how my brain worked. They're not racing in Laguana. They're racing in Laguna. And yeah, we'll see how it plays out. That's your Chip Ganassi moment. That's my Chip Ganassi moment. At least I didn't think it's a brand of chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> you can't get over that. There's a lot of differences between Indy and F1 We'll get into it next week. Yeah, we'll do a deep dive um, next week. But one of those differences is we see power steering. We don't have that in F1, mm-hmm. but we have it. Oh, no, we have power steering in F1. We don't have the Indy. And so you really, it does really, it plays a huge difference when these drivers are racing. And you can watch into their cockpit. Yeah, the biggest difference is watching an, uh, an Indy car driver trying to trying to keep their car on yeah. track and, and really moving their steering It's like wheel. <laughs> when we're driving like on ice-covered roads. Yeah. Like that's, yeah, horrible. Yeah. Also, I know some people wanted us to talk about it. Marcus Armstrong's pit stop that went horribly wrong. Yes. So he was on track to match his second or match his highest finish, which was Toronto. He finished seventh. Yeah. Um, he was on track to get that again. Pit stop. He went in. Had it was a fast one. It was good. He was ready to go back out. And as soon as he shifted out of neutral, his right rear tire fell off. Popped right off. So that 
obviously cost him a handful of seconds and dropped him down. It was so sad to yeah. see because he was having a really good race. Um, and I know that he only has a few... I mean, it was that race and next race to kind of show what he can do. He wants to prove he can be that full-time driver. And so that wasn't his fault. It was his team for not securing the tire properly. But yeah, we saw it. I cried at it. I was really upset for him. And then last but not least, Pato. If anyone caught the post-race interviews, I don't know if you... No. You don't even watch F1 post-race interviews. (laughs) So Pato has made it very, very clear that he hates the lappers. Oh. So, you know, the drivers at the front, and this was a very short track, the drivers mm-hmm. at the front are lapping the cars. Um, he hates that sometimes they don't get out of the way. Yeah. And he, this is like an ongoing conversation. I feel like he's always stuck behind a few lappers. And this week, like this race, he actually said, um, don't know why they have to be such an ass. <laughs> and like swore on live TV Oh, Pato. I mean, like, or he says something along those lines. I don't blame him, though, because he has made this complaint very, very clear for a handful of races now. And to see him still get screwed over by the same thing. I'm pretty sure that in Indy, they have the same thing where you have to move out of the way. Mm -hmm. But I don't think they enforce it as much. Gotcha. So, yeah, Pato, I just feel like is always so Mm -hmm. upset by it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he still had a good race. He finished fourth. But, yeah, just hates the lappers. Yeah. Um, Renus VK was also a menace this race. He was, yeah. He had a really good finish, though. He had a great finish. Like, his best finish. And he was still a menace to the entire grid. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's okay, though. We love to see it. He's, he's very tall. He's a very... Did you meet him? I didn't meet him, but his hit box was right beside Joseph Newgarden's. So I saw him, and he's very tall. Somehow, that name screams tall to me. Renus VK? Yeah. Predictions. Podium predictions. I knew it's so hard to predict with with IndyCar is like impossible to predict. predict. I'm gonna predict uh, Pato's on the podium, and I really want him to win. Yeah. But I also want to see Joseph Newgarden claim that third place title in the championship. I'm gonna say Alex is not on the podium next week. I just feel like he's like, ah, you know, he's done. I did it. <laughs> I mean, you might not. I'm just just thinking, but um, I also would just like to see three different drivers. I would mm-hmm. love to see Joseph Newgarden on the podium. I would love to see Pato on the podium. Let's just throw in like a like a fun one. I was gonna say Dev. Dev? Yeah. Dev deserves a podium. Dev deserves a podium. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> anyway, that is our in case you missed Indy extended. We will be back next week to talk about how Laguna ended up, how the Laguana. season ended up, how Laguana ended up. <laughs> Can't believe here's the thing. One person corrected me. One person Boston corrected me. And she was like, as someone who grew up there, you're wrong. And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, last week's episode. Yeah, we yeah, talked yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, I apologize for being wrong. Um, yeah, we will be back next week, and we are excited to see how this IndyCar season comes to an end. 